Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And once again, you are eternally connected. Welcome aboard, everybody. This is Pastor Eric J. from St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this wonderful program. Joined in studio, as always, by my good friends Chip and Jason. Good to be eternally connected with you guys again. Uh, This hasn't slowed down. It just keeps getting faster, especially with all the exciting stuff uh, we've got going on, not just for today's show. Uh, but for a lot of things coming up here at the end of the month for the Eternal Connection um, and St. Mark Lutheran Church. Um, we got a jam-packed show today, Chip. You want to tell them a little bit about what we got going on here? Well, uh, first of all, we are going to remind everybody that uh, we are actually going to be doing a live recording mm-hmm. on uh, Thursday night, January 25th, for uh, that next Sunday for our 200th episode. Uh, it's going to be a recording at uh, starting at 5 o'clock. We're going to have a meal, and then uh, we'll start recording actually at 6. We're asking folks to RSVP for us uh, by going to eternalconnectionradio.com forward slash RSVP. Let us know uh, who you are, uh, who you're bringing, how many people, so that we can uh, know how much food to bring in for everyone. Uh, And uh, if you want to ask a question or questions, uh, please uh, fill that form out, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to seeing everybody there. Again, uh, Thursday, January 25th, 5 o'clock at St. Mark Lutheran Church, 90th and Blondo. Yeah, um, 100 episodes ago, it was good when we had our 100th episode, and uh, we're looking forward to another good time. Again, eternalconnectionradio.com forward slash RSVP. We hope to see everybody there. Jason might even uh, do some autographs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about going that far. Limited edition eternal connection autographs from Jason. Watch out eBay. (laughs) Um, But speaking of uh, live audience, uh, we We've got a, just a, this past week, we got a lot of interactions from our listeners, we sure which did. we are certainly grateful for. So thank you, everybody. Um, someone reached out to us, and then we've got three listener questions that we're going to tackle today. Um, I, I think it's a good episode to do it because we've only got about two verses left in chapter right. two of Galatians. <laughs> yep. So uh, we, we may or may not get to that. Uh, we're going to try, depending upon time here. But we've got three great questions from our listeners, and they all kind of pertain to the subject matter of Galatians that we've been talking about, circumcision, um, things coming to us by grace, that it's all God's work of salvation, uh, and then this uh, funny thing that Paul does in calling Peter by different names. Right. Um, and <laughs> very perceptive question from one of our listeners that we'll get to. So uh, sit down, buckle up, hold on. We are going to be eternally connected to our Lord and Savior Jesus and work our way through his word and talk about the salvation that he has given to us freely through his life, death, and resurrection. Before all that, Chip, why don't you pray for us and we'll dig in. Okay. 
Heavenly Father, be with us this morning because we have a lot to cover. Uh, We so thank you that there are listeners out there that are kind enough to contact us and and let us know that we seem to be making an impact in in their lives. And it's not us, Lord, it's it's you. Uh, We are faithful to your word, and we just were blessed to see uh, what's happening out there uh, as your word goes out in in the state of Nebraska and beyond. Uh, Lord, be with us this morning. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Well, yeah, Pastor, so uh, we are very blessed. Uh, we had a, a listener, Keith, uh, who wrote in uh, mm-hmm. uh, on our eternalconnectionradio.com, and uh, he, this is what he had to say, and it, it's just it's so awesome. From Keith, I just wanted to drop a note to you guys, letting you know how much God has blessed me through your radio ministry. I first heard your show while you were teaching on every phrase of the Lord's Prayer and the history and meaning. God really caught my attention during those shows, and I try not to miss them each week. You have brought a lot of scripture to life for me. Thank you, and God bless you. That mm. That's just awesome. I, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Keith, thank you so much for taking the time to let us know. Yeah, yeah, and, and God bless you, Keith. And uh, I, you know, 200 episodes, you kind of forget what you've done, and I forget. We went through the Lord's uh, the Lord's Prayer there, each petition of the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have to go back and listen to that because I don't remember doing it. <laughs> oh, hopefully clearly, he's got the right show. <laughs> clearly whatever we said was okay. Yep. <laughs> but thank you, Keith. Uh, we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody listening that, that doesn't write in and that's okay too. We just appreciate you coming aboard and pulling up a chair with us to the table to talk about the wonderful love of God given to us in Jesus. Amen. So we got uh, three questions. Three questions. So let's uh, let's get after it. What's number one? All right. Well, uh, Marjorie sent in this question. God gave the gift of circumcision through which God delivered salvation. Since circumcision was done only to males, what about females? Great question. And since it dates back to Abraham, what about the people prior to Abraham? Now, I'm going to follow that up with a quick question. God gave the gift of circumcision. That was a covenant, right? Yep. The old covenant, you could say. Mm -hmm. Yep. We talked about that last episode, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was it the covenant that was the gift or circumcision? Yes. So, and that's, that's a very sacramental answer, meaning that God has always brought his covenant, brought his promises and the fulfillment of those promises to his people through physical means. Again, I always go back to the Garden of Eden. God God is spirit. That's what Jesus says. But he's a God that made creation and he made us physical. And he deals with us in the physical realm because that's what he made. And so even in the perfection of Eden, life had its source in a tree. Mm-hmm. And there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and so when God promised that old covenant that he would make a people for himself out of Israel they became his people. He made them his people through circumcision. So circumcision was the sign, a visible sign of the covenant. As, as, and as I've said before, it's not just a sign with no meaning. Think of a sign as a stop sign. There's a, it's not just a sign with the word stop on it. There's a very real reality behind that sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this gets a little bit you know, deeper here if you're thinking through this before we even get to the rest of Marjorie's question, because I felt like I saw this in a couple parts, but it's not a very visible sign if you think about it. 
I mean, were they walking around in the nude at that point? Uh, because <laughs> there's, if if you're, you know, if you're trying to visually display something, that's an, not the most visual spot. Yeah, and, and I certainly understand. Uh, I just one of the reasons we love having you on the show, Jay. We never would have thought of that, but it's a legitimate question. Absolutely, it wasn't a sign for for the the Jew to show the world. Okay. It was a sign of God given to the child of God so that they would remember, so that they would know. Because let's be honest, we're very prone to forget who we came from, who we belong to. And so it was a visible sign of God and what he did for them in that sign. So it wasn't a sign to the world. It was a sign to the person of the covenant. Kind of like baptism, right? We don't walk around wet. Yeah. Not, I, I'm, I'm following a little more there. It's not to go out into the world and thump your chest. I am now, I mean, you want to evangelize and, yeah. and share, but you're, this wasn't that, this wasn't the, that tool, so to speak. No, the, the sign that they were saved, even back in the old Testament, the sign that they were the people of Israel was how they lived differently from the rest of the world. That's why God gave his law. And that's been really behind the whole book of Genesis or Galatians so far, um, is, is we're not following the laws because they make us children of God. We follow the laws because we've been made children of God and we're free to follow them and we're free to obey them. Um, because we live in grace, we live in forgiveness. So yeah, it, the sign of circumcision was a sign between God and those receiving his covenant. So what about Marjorie's question about females? Yeah, a great question. Um, females were equally covered under circumcision without being circumcised. Um, and the reason we say that is because you, and you even see this in the New Testament when baptisms are being done, like Cornelius's household, mm-hmm. even Lydia's household, um, the jailers when Paul and Silas are in prison and they say, what should we do? And they say, get your whole household baptized, you and your whole household. So it, it is a patriarchal society, you, you have to remember. And, and I'm not ashamed to say, even in today's woke culture, that's how God designed it. Mm-hmm. Adam was made first. He was given the word. He was given dominion. And then Eve taken from him was to be the helper. doesn't mean she's less valuable and Adam's more valuable. It's just different accountability, different responsibility, but the same value, both being made in the image of God. So God desired to work to and through humanity, through the headship of the man, with the woman, through their progeny. And that's why when this, when Adam and Eve sinned, even though the first one to take the fruit was who? The woman. Eve. Eve. Mm-hmm. When they both hid, who did God call into account? Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. Because I gave you the instructions. I entrusted you to pass them down to your wife and to your children. And so when they sin, who's accountable? Adam. Adam. And the only reason we, we may have an issue with that, and I'm not saying Marjorie does, but the, the reason some people may have an issue with my answer of women were covered because men was the head of the household was because that's how God designed it. And that's, that's as simple as an answer as you can get. So if the male was circumcised, um, then the whole household was covered 
under that covenant because he was the head of the household. So what about the people prior to Abraham when that covenant was established by God? Yeah, that's a, a related question with a much different answer. So um, circumcision, right? God works the same grace to all people. But through time, especially as we get closer to the time of Christ, and then, of course, after Christ has come, he works that grace in a different way. It's the same grace. Um, so before circumcision, um, you could say there was an ark, okay, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So we, before Abraham, there was Noah. Noah was righteous by faith. Go to the book of Hebrews. And, and actually, that's a great chapter to answer that question. Go Hebrews to the 11. book of Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Hall of Faith. It takes you from Adam and everybody all the way through the Old Testament and showing how although they had different things happen to them and they did different things, they were all saved by faith. So Noah believed the word of God. And what was the sign of God's covenant? Uh, it was, well, well, the rain that fell out of the sky and ultimately the rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham believed the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. The, I mean, Paul's going to quote that here in Galatians 3. Um, the sign of that righteousness given to him is not a rainbow. It's now circumcision. So the common denominator going all the way to baptism, and you can read Colossians 2 for this, where Paul himself, the Pharisee, connects baptism with circumcision and says, look, they're they're different things, but they're delivering the same grace. Um, They didn't have baptism in the Old Testament, so that we do. That doesn't mean that Abraham's not saved. God in his wisdom and bringing forth the fruition of his plan of salvation works differently throughout time. So Noah's not less saved because there was not circumcision, right? Um, Abraham's not less saved because there wasn't baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, The Lord hadn't come yet. Jesus wasn't manifest yet. That whole thing didn't come. So um, the people before were saved by faith, no less than Abraham was saved by faith. That faith resulted in obedience to God's law of circumcision resulted in obedience to God's command to build an ark results in God's command to baptize yourself and your whole household. So faith saves all. Well, and that faith is worked by God. That's he's the one that puts it there. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I guess we're ready for the next question. Yeah, I hope that was a good enough answer to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, but time, time being what it is, we got to move on. Yep. Marjorie, let us know. Uh, our next question comes to us from Travis. Uh, Travis asks, God gave us free will, and as I understand, God won't force us to love him. Otherwise, we'd just be robots. But I recently heard someone pray, God, I give you permission to change my life. Do you have any perspective on this? Am I thinking of the process of sanctification? Oh, boy. Um, wow. It, it, it is a fundamental um, contradiction in terms to pray to God and then say, I give you permission. Um, and I so, can add another dynamic there. Like, if you aren't of the word or have very much understanding, it would be easy to say that 
I could easily see myself saying that three or four years ago, just through lack of knowledge. Sure. Sure. And not even know what you're saying. And, and lack of knowledge and the presence of sin that, that, that as the devil tempted us with in the garden wants to be God. That, yeah. that we want to be in control and we we allow ourselves to be lied to and allow ourselves to believe what we know is not true, which is we're not in control. And that is what is fundamentally sinful about us is we have this illusion and we know it's an illusion, but we choose to accept it. Even though we know the clear evidence that none of us are in control is the fact that we all die. Because if we had any control at all, the first thing we would do is say, I'm never dying. And yet- Sorry, we all know that ain't that ain't happening for anybody. Um, I would say, Travis, you're correct in in your question. If I heard what you said correctly, that yes, God does give us free will. Um, that is part of being made in His image. However, our free will is not the same thing as His sovereignty. So, this is the illustration that just came to mind. Take it for what it was. I brought my child into the world. I have authority over them. They have free will only in so far as I allow them to exercise it. <laughs> sure. Right. Right. So there's free will there, uh, but it does not override my sovereignty, my God given sovereignty over my child. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's just innate. That's God given. No matter how old you are, you always have that sense of authority under your parents. Well, and it's built specifically out of love for protection. Right. It's the same reason that sovereignty is over every human as a child of God, our father. Mm-hmm. Right. So God, <laughs> God does not need, nor does he desire your permission. What God desires from us is David says in Psalm 51, if you desired the blood of bulls, I'd give it. But that's not the sacrifice you want. The sacrifice you want is a broken and a contrite heart. God wants not our permission. He wants our repentance. And that will always drive us to God help me in my unbelief. Right, right. Um, I, I would say that this a person praying that, Obviously, and let me let me put a, a better construction on this. What that you know, I give you permission to change my life shows that at least they're admitting it needs change. True, right? And at least they're turning to God. Hopefully, what they mean by God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But that change they want is not going to be realized in their life as long as they think that they're the ones in control of it. Right, and that's that's the assumption in giving God permission. Um, I, I say to this, and this is the danger, by the way, of the decision theology. This is why we talk against it so much because this is where it goes unchecked. Mm-hmm. I decided to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I gave Him my life. I got baptized, and it's my proclamation of my faith. You you let that go, you will eventually get there. To where I'm in control of my salvation, God is just the one that owes it to me because I have given him my life, because I have chosen to believe, so God owes me this. No, 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 (laughs) no. God owes us death. That's what he owes us. That's what we have merited. Yeah, we earned it. So we, we come to him on our knees and beg for mercy, and he's there to say, my child, you already have it. I've already paid the price for you. My son did it. 
So you, I did not wait to ask for you to give me permission before I died for your sins. I've already changed the grave for you. The only choice you have, the only permission is mine given to you. And, and I think that's it's just a very dangerous way to pray because it's a fundamental misunderstanding of where the work of salvation comes from uh, and, and who does it. And it's not us. The change in our life comes from him. Okay. Well, Travis, I hope that answers your question. And we'll move on to question number three. Dan uh, writes in, is there significance to the fact that Paul refers to Peter as both Peter and Cephas in Galatians? Paul refers to him as Cephas in verse, or chapter 1, verse 18, 2, 9, 2, 11, and 2, 14, yet he calls him Peter in 2, 7, and 2, 8. I noticed this was consistent in both the NIV and English Standard Version, ESV translations. The King James Version has similar translations, while the New Living Translation just refers to him as Peter in all the above passages. So his question is, is this just a function of various translators, or is there really an actual difference in the original Greek text? Very perceptive uh, observation, number one, and uh, a perceptive question, and I always am just pumped when people actually dig into their Bible, Mm -hmm. look at different translations, uh, and and try and find this on their own. So uh, hats off to you, Dan, for that. Um, Yeah, it it is something that is unique to the book of Galatians here um, for Paul, uh, calling Peter by both names. Um, and a clarification to Dan's question is, is there significance that he calls him two different names? Is there two different names in the Greek? And the answer is no. Um, there's actually Aramaic and Greek. So back when Jesus renamed Simon, because mm-hmm. that's Peter's original name, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah, he renamed him Peter, which is Petros. But he gave him that name in Aramaic, which is Cephas, or properly pronounced Kephas. Okay. So the word is the same in Aramaic and in Greek. Petros, Cephas, stone, stone. Two different languages. One is Aramaic, a Semitic language, um, and I'll talk more about that here in just a minute. The other one is Greek. Now, there have been some conjectures about why Paul is doing this, especially in Galatians, mm-hmm. but we don't have any anything that tells us the mind of Paul and why he's going back and forth. And if you really dig into the text there in Galatians, you, you can't draw anything out of out of it necessarily within the context. The important thing to understand right off the bat is the name means the same thing. It's just a different language. So you can't make a conclusion that Paul, not having the mind of Paul, that he's, he's insinuating something obvious. If he is insinuating anything, uh, he's, he's not making it obvious on purpose. I think it would be a reasonable um, possibility is that Peter's vacillating. Right. Right? He's going from, hey, the Greeks don't have to be circumcised to, no, now they need to be circumcised to, oh, no, now they don't need to be circumcised. And Paul's called him out on this because he's flip-flopping. And so 
it, it, it's almost like it is obvious, but Paul's not making it obvious. So he's flip-flopping between these two names right. of Peter and Cephas. Now, the big challenge to this is we read this with the eyes in 2024 and look back on that. Right. You have to remember, and this is what I said in a recent sermon, the Bible wasn't written to you, it was written for you. So you, to answer this question, you have to conclude in your mind, do the Galatians actually understand this enough when they're reading it? Like, was he making this distinction between Cephas and Petros because he thought his readers would somehow get this insinuation that he's, I don't think that's the possibility. Okay. I don't think that Paul intended that for his readers. If anything, maybe it's just how Paul was thinking, but I do think it's fascinating that if you know anything about Aramaic, and, and, and if this conjecture is right, and I know this is getting way nerdy in Bible theology, but I got to do it at some point. Sure. Right? So if this conjecture is right, that, that Paul is intentionally yet very subtly flip-flopping Peter's name because Peter's flip-flopping on his position, it, it actually has some depth to it because Aramaic, by the 6th century before Christ, replaced Hebrew as the secular language of the Jews, which is why Jesus is using it, mm -hmm. right? He, mm -hmm. Jesus spoke Aramaic. It became the secular language of the Jews. And that language was born out of captivity. It's a Semitic language, it's a Semitic dialect that came with the Jewish nation out of their captivity from Babylon and Assyria. Before that, they were speaking predominantly Hebrew. So think about that. The Aramaic language itself, born out of slavery, out of captivity. And Paul ranting about how you're trying to re-enslave us right. to the law yeah. by commanding that these Greeks be circumcised. And then the Greek language, which is the message to the Gentiles that Paul has been entrusted with, right? So he's going back and forth between this Semitic language, Jewish language of captivity, Cephas, and this new name given to Peter in Greek, which means the same thing, but it's it's There's a, a nuance different there. language there, Petros. Um, I think it would be a reasonable com conclusion to say um, if Paul was doing anything, that that certainly seems like a reasonable possibility, and it's a fascinating one. Well, Dan, that that was an awesome question, and, and uh, uh, Pastor really likes those uh, Bible nerdy ones. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, uh, thank you for that. Well, how much time we got left, Chip? I think we're out of time, Pastor. Really? Okay. Well, real quick then, um, just as you know, all three of those questions really were great, and we enjoyed it. We didn't really get to uh, wrap up Galatians 2, uh, but we did address it the last time that we were here, especially those verses in chapter 2, 19, 20, and 21. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. All three of those questions really have that theme to them. Uh, I'm not going to submit myself again to a yoke of slavery um, by putting myself at the center of salvation. I'm not going to pretend like God needs my permission. I'm not going to think that I'm beholden to a specific practice of circumcision to be saved. No, Christ has fulfilled all of that for us. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.